Well, hello, good morning. Lovely to see you all. How are you doing? Enjoying the sunshine? I'm going to be very British, like Freya said, and uh, mention the weather. But how can we not? It feels like summer is finally here, doesn't it? So exciting. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, um, we had half term for those of us who have children or who work in school. So I'm a teacher. And um, I managed to get down to Devon with my family. So our three children, my husband, AJ. And we just had such a great time. It was brilliant. It was absolutely packed. um, But we had the beautiful weather and we had so much fun. Um, It was good. But it's also good to be back. I'm so excited that I get to speak to you guys here this morning. Um, And this is our final week on this mini-series that we've been doing about the Holy Spirit. So as you know, these talks that we've been doing on the Holy Spirit, they um, have been based on the Alpha series. Um, My husband and uh, AJ and I had the absolute privilege of heading up Alpha for quite a few years. And when I say privilege, I really do mean that. You know, it's amazing, isn't it, to serve God in any capacity. You know, when he calls us to do things, to serve him, it is amazing. But It was just, doing Alpha is just something incredible where we get to meet people who are all on different walks of life at different stages, um, but they've all got lots of questions, questions about many things, but really the main question being, why are we here? What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? And then we get to introduce them to Jesus and see lives changed forever. It really is an honour that God would use us in that way. And talking about Alpha, actually, um, next week we've got a special surprise for you. Um, You guys are going to have the opportunity to um, hear some stories about how our guests, our Alpha guests over the years have encountered the Holy Spirit and a chance for you guys to ask questions as well. So please be thinking about your questions and you don't want to miss that. That's next week. So Mark started this series uh, two weeks ago now, and he looked at who the Holy Spirit is. And then Richard, last week, he unpacked what the Holy Spirit does. Um, And if you missed either of those talks, by the way, please do catch up with them on the podcast. They're just amazing talks. And then today we are looking at how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean, first of all, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Surely as a Christian... We're already filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Well, every Christian does have the Holy Spirit living within them. That's essentially what it means to become a Christian. You know, when we first um, invite Jesus into our life, we invite the Holy Spirit, we receive him. You know, the Bible says, when you believed, you were marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. And that seal means that we have the Holy Spirit in us forever. He doesn't leave us. He's always with us, no matter where we go or what we do. But not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. So in Ephesians, Paul writes to Christians. So he's writing to Christians in Ephesus. And he says this, we see it in Ephesians 5.18. He says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love it. Do you notice here how Paul is um, comparing being filled with the Holy Spirit as being drunk? And in order to get drunk, I don't know if you know, but in order to get drunk and stay drunk, you need to keep on drinking. If you stop drinking, then you stop being drunk. And so really, here is what Paul is saying, that don't keep drinking, but keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the Greek word here, for to be filled, there's two things I want to say about that. First of all, it's in the present tense, which means that it's something that we have to keep doing. 
It's not a one-off thing. We need to keep doing it. And secondly, it's passive, which means it's actually nothing to do with us. It doesn't matter what we do or what we don't do. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is something that is done to us. So what's the difference then between a Christian who has the Holy Spirit living within them and then someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit? So I've heard it be compared to a boiler before. I mean, bear with me with this. (laughs) A boiler in your house. You know, the pilot light can be on, on the boiler, and it means it's working, it's switched on, it's ready to go. But when it's fired up and the heat kicks in, that's when it goes to like a whole new dimension, a whole new level. But don't get me wrong, when I'm talking about Christianity, we're not talking about levels of being a Christian. But it is like when we become a Christian and invite the Holy Spirit to come and live in us, that's when like the light switch is on and it doesn't go off again, it's on. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's like the boiler firing up and the heat kicks in. So how do we do that? How do we go about being filled with the Holy Spirit? Essentially, it's to invite the Holy Spirit daily into our lives, get stuck into God's word, and just being aware of what he is saying, because he's talking all the time, he's doing things all the time. And then ultimately, we're bringing glory to God through listening to him and following his spirit. So who is it that can be filled with the Holy Spirit? What sort of person? In short, I'm going to give you the answer now, is everyone. Everyone and anyone can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But in case you don't believe me, we're going to look at a few examples or groups of people in Acts. And Acts, which is it's really a book explaining the um, early church, so the history of the early church. And it's where we've seen Jesus, he finishes his ministry on earth and he goes back to be with God the Father in heaven. But he says, don't worry, don't panic. I'm, although I'm going, I'm going to leave you a gift. I'm going to give you the, the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptised with the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be able to go and tell the whole world about me. So first of all, in Acts, we see a group of people who are really longing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're desperate for him. You know, on the day of Pentecost, there was this group of people who were longing to be filled. They'd been praying, they were gathered together. And then we read in Acts chapter two, you can read it yourself, um, that we see that the Holy Spirit came. It says they heard a sound of violent wind, which filled their whole house. And then tongues of fire rested on each and every one of them. And the key here is that it says it came on all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. No one was missed out. So people who were longing can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we see people who maybe not be like really desperate and hungry to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're open to it and they're receptive. So there's this group again in Acts um, chapter eight this time, we read about Peter and John who go to Samaria and they're praying for these Samaritans who had been baptised, but they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit. And it says, we read that they were prayed for and then they received him. So they were open, receptive, and they too received the Holy Spirit. And then we even read about people who were none, none of those things. They were actually really hostile and yet they received the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you guys know this story well, but in Acts, we read about Paul. So we know him as the Apostle Paul, but he was called Saul before that. 
And there was a time when he was really hostile towards Christianity, towards Christians. In fact, he hated Christians. And he'd go around seeking them out, arresting them, putting them in prison, and even murdering them. And yet, despite that hostility, he had this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit. So Paul, or Saul as he was known then, he was on the road to Damascus. Don't know if this is ringing any bells, if you remember this story. And he was going to Damascus, not to the shops or to the market or whatever it was in those days, but he was actually going there to persecute Christians. And it was when he was on the road there that Jesus appeared to him. And it says in the Bible that it was like a blinding light, like literally a blinding light because Paul went blind. He lost his sight. And then we read this, that Ananias had been sent by God to see Saul. We read this in Acts 9, 17 to 20. I think it's going to come up here. But we read that placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, he was baptised and after taking some food to regain his strength, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So in other words, isn't that incredible? In other words, this man who was so hostile towards Christianity, towards God, one encounter with Jesus, one time when he was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately he was out there telling people about Jesus. And I love that. We don't just read about that in the Bible, which I love. We see this still today. My husband, AJ, um, he's a Christian, but he wasn't always a Christian. He was brought up um, in, a, in a religious home where somebody who was really close to him professed with their mouth to be a Christian, but actually the way that they acted demonstrated anything but the love of God. So he was totally hostile towards God towards the idea of there being a God who loves us. And he was um, 17, he was a bit of a tear away, and his mum had basically had enough of him. And his mum sent him back um, to South Africa to live with his dad for a while. His dad was living there. She couldn't deal with him. And whilst he was there, he met this girl. It wasn't me, but um, he met this girl and she invited him to church and he went. And it was not because he was interested at all in going to church. It was because he really fancied this girl, of course. <laughs> so off he went to church and he says, he remembers sitting there just thinking, when is this service going to end? I just want to get out of here. I want to go and chat this girl up, you know, get things moving there. And I'm just not interested. But then at the end of the service, that they invited the Holy Spirit to come. And in an instant, AJ encountered the Holy Spirit and his whole world, his whole destiny changed in a moment. You know, he went home on that night, totally forgot about the girl, poor girl, and he went home and he started ringing his mum back in England and his family apologising for his behaviour. And he started to read scripture over the phone to his family, telling them about the love of God and what he'd experienced I mean, isn't that incredible? One encounter with the Holy Spirit, one moment, and everything changed. So we read about people who were hostile, who received the Holy Spirit. And then we also read about another group of people in Acts 19 who received the Holy Spirit. And these people were uninformed. So Paul asks Christians in Ephesus, um, so people who'd been around the church, 
if they knew much about the Holy Spirit and if they received the Holy Spirit when they were baptised and they had no clue what he was talking about. We're like, don't have a clue, never heard of him. So after that happened, it says that he prayed for them and we read that the Holy Spirit came on them as well and they started um, prophesying and speaking in tongues. And then the final group of people we see who are filled with the Holy Spirit are the unexpected. So people we wouldn't necessarily put on the hit list for receiving the Holy Spirit. And this story can be found in Acts chapter 10 when Cornelius, who is a Gentile, receives the Spirit. And this was a huge moment because up until this point, it was believed that God was available only for the Jews. But God's promise is that he will pour out his Spirit on all people. So God is making it really clear through these examples that the Holy Spirit is not defined for a certain group of people The Holy Spirit isn't for the elite Christian, the person that's got it all together. No, the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Those people who are longing and open and receptive, but also those who are hostile or uninformed. Regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of religion or background, everyone and anyone can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So good news, wherever you are at this morning, however you've turned up to church, the Holy Spirit is here for you and he wants to meet with you today. Okay, so what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit? Now we know that he's available for everyone. What happens when we are filled? Number one, we experience the love of God. Usually when we encounter the Holy Spirit, there is gonna be a physical manifestation of some kind. And you know, that makes sense, doesn't it? It's hard to imagine that we come in contact with the creator of the world you know, the most powerful being there is and, not, and our bodies not respond in some way. You know, this can be seen or unseen. So sometimes it's in our hearts that are, are, we're responding and other times you can see some things going on. You know, again, in Acts, we read about people receiving tongues of fire or the wind of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever been prayed for and maybe you felt heat in your hands or heat in somewhere, somewhere in your body. It suddenly feels like the temperature in the room has just been turned up. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you've seen people, or it's happened to you, your eyelids are just fluttering gently, or people are taking deep breaths, or even people falling over, it's like they've been blown over, or like a little tremoring in their hands. And did you know that's because the Hebrew word for wind is the same as spirit? So sometimes we see these physical signs of the Holy Spirit, which looks a bit like the wind is present. And that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. I remember one of my, so I've been brought up in church, I've been around church my whole life. And one of, the, um, t- one of these times that I remember, one of the earliest memories of seeing the Holy Spirit at work was when I was about 14, 15, I went to a Christian youth camp called Soul Survivor. And I remember listening to this talk and then the guy at the front just inviting the Holy Spirit to come. And I had no clue really what to expect. And to be honest, I chose not to engage and I chose just to kind of watch and to wait and to observe what was going on. And I remember not much happening at first, but then suddenly starting to see these physical manifestations. So I started to see people crying, crying, and wailing, and then at one side, like on the other side of the tent, I remember somebody screaming out. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I was really freaked out, was really frightened actually. I was like, what is going on here, God? Like, I love you, I believe in you, but this is just weird. Is this from you? Is this, is this right? 
And suddenly it was like God read my mind because this guy came back to the front and he started explaining what was going on. And he started to say, don't feel frightened. It's okay. This is God. It's okay to trust what's going on. And, you know, he started to explain that actually when the Holy Spirit comes, he starts to heal people and he starts to set people free, sometimes from things that have been buried and suppressed for many years. And so when he comes, it says in the Bible, doesn't it? There's freedom. The Spirit brings freedom. But actually when that freedom comes, there's a release sometimes in us and we can't help but cry out. But it's nothing to be frightened of. And this was a game changer for me. Firstly, because it was like God heard me. He knew what I was thinking and he spoke to me in that moment. But also I came away having made a choice that I was going to trust God. I was going to trust the Holy Spirit, even if I wasn't sure 100% what was going on. And from then on, I've seen time and time again that however the Holy Spirit moves, and to be honest, I've never really seen that again, doesn't happen often, but when he does move, he's all about love. That is the purpose. When the Holy Spirit fills us, we experience the love of God. He fills us with his love and then everything that happens in that moment, every experience we have with the Holy Spirit, no matter what the physical manifestation is, it's about him pouring out his love into us and letting us know how precious we are to him. And these moments where we feel the presence of God are amazing. I don't know if you've ever had that. You come away and you feel like you're in a cloud, on cloud nine. And God is an, an emotional God. He loves it when we feel these things. Yeah, he says, taste and see that I am good. He loves it when we feel that. But at the same time, it shouldn't just end with a feeling. There's got to be an outworking, a transformation of our lives as we go forward. We can't just be seeking out these moments of feeling good. There's got to be something more to that, which leads on to the next point. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we experience the love of God, but we also express our love for God. As a response to that, we express to him how much we love him. It's like a love exchange. And I don't know about you, but each time I experience God's love for me, I can't help but tell him over and over again just how thankful I am, how much I love him, how good he is. It stirs in me this desire to worship him. And that's what happens here on a Sunday, isn't it? We invite the Holy Spirit. We become aware of his presence and our response is to worship him, to give him praise. But that should happen not just on a Sunday. This should happen every day in our day-to-day lives. We need to make a choice to invite him in and to worship him in all that we do. Because worship isn't just about singing, is it? No, it's our whole lives. That's what worship is, true worship. It's us being completely surrendered to him, completely open to what he wants to do in us and through us. And it's also often the other way around. You know, when we express our love to God, then we encounter his presence. It's, the Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. So as an encouragement this morning, if you're struggling or if you struggle sometimes to encounter the Holy Spirit, start by thanking him. Start by giving him adoration, telling him who he is and you will encounter the Holy Spirit. You will be aware of his presence. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we express our love for God. But also when that happens, we spill out. You know, if you think about a jug of water or whatever, or a jug and you fill it, if we don't stop eventually it's going to overflow, isn't it? It's going to spill out. 
So we spill out to others and are able to express that love for other people as well. And this isn't an easy thing to do. You know, I think for me, if I was left to do this uh, by myself, then I'd really struggle because I am so consumed with myself and satisfying my needs and the needs of my family that we don't always find it easy. I know I don't, to look at the needs of others and to, to look outwards. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We sung it this morning, didn't we? Something about flood, let it flood out. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it floods out to other people. When we're so filled with his spirit, then the people around us can't help but encounter him through us. Nothing to do with us, but through the Holy Spirit living within us. So we're gonna look at Galatians 5 together. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones, if you don't mind just finding that, it's Galatians 5 verse 16 to 26, but if not, it's going to come up on the screen. So we're going to read that together. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I love that. If we live by the Spirit, If we call ourselves Christians, if the Spirit is living in us, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us be filled with Him. I don't know about you, but I definitely need more of those things in my life, more of these fruits. And this is exactly what is promised to us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Love, kindness, all of those things, the fruits. It's what's promised to us. And it's not just these, although this is an amazing list, but there are actually more than that. There's so many fruits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Boldness being another one. Like who's ever had a time when you feel like you know you should pray for someone, you know you should speak to somebody about Jesus, but actually you're just too scared. You don't want to. I know I have many times. But we read time and time again in the Bible that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're given boldness. Like that time when Peter had to go to the elders and the rulers and he had to give them an account of about the healing of a man who was crippled, who then got healed. And it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he started speaking with boldness to them all about Jesus. I mean, just imagine, just imagine if we made a habit of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the impact that that would have on on the people around us, on the world around us. You know, having the ability to be kind to people who've upset us or who've really hurt us. The ability to say sorry first when we really believe that actually we were the ones in the right. To say, to have the courage to pray for people 
who need healing or to have boldness to speak to people that you know just need Jesus. Imagine the impact when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit that is promised to us. Not in our own strength we can do these things, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit being in us. So finally, um, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we also receive gifts of the Spirit. And there are loads of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's a bit like receiving a gift bag, a goodie bag. Girls, you know what I mean? When you go to like a really like expensive shop and they give you all like goodies in the bag and you just don't know what you're going to get. <sighs> loads of different gifts. And 1 Corinthians 12 lists all the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Things like wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, like incredible gifts that the Holy Spirit offers us. And there's another one, speaking in tongues. And this is one of the gifts which we see a lot in Acts when people encounter the Holy Spirit. By the way, not all Christians speak in tongues. It's not a mark of being a Christian. It's not a mark of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it is a gift. And it's one of the kind of supernatural gifts, one of the more supernatural gifts that we sometimes see when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's two different types of tongues that Paul talks about. There's human tongues and then there's angelic tongues. So human tongues is where God gives us the language that we've not learned before, but it's a recognisable human language. It's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And I've seen it happen before, actually, in one of our Alpha courses. So it was on an encounter day when um, we invite the Holy Spirit and the guests have a chance to receive from them. And I remember one of the team members praying for a guest And suddenly she started speaking in tongues. And after a few seconds, the the guest opened her eyes and she was like, do you know what you're saying? She said, no, I have no idea. This is just words that are just coming out. I have no clue what I'm saying, it's tongues. And the girl said, so her first language, the guest, her first language was German. And she told the team member that she was speaking in German, repeating one phrase over and over again, don't give up don't give up, don't give up, in German. I love that. I love that story because it's not only was it an opportunity for God to bless the guest, sorry, the the team member that she was speaking in tongues, but also for God to just let that guest know that he sees her, he knows her situation. He was speaking directly into her heart because no one else understood what she was saying, only her. It was so beautiful. So that's human tongues. And then there's angelic tongues, which is probably a bit more common. And that's not really a language or anything necessarily that you would understand, that you'd recognise. But it, and it's a type of prayer. So a way of our spirit connecting with God. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a time when you're trying to express to somebody how much you love them or how, much you, how happy you are and you just don't have the words. It's like that. That's what we're talking about. When you can't find the words to express how thankful you are to God and the words just come out. And they're pretty incredible gifts. In fact, we could probably do a whole series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the point is that all of these things are available to all of us. When we invite the Holy Spirit, God loves to bless us and to give us these good gifts. Okay, so... Just to finish, I want to talk about some practical tips of how we can go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, 
I don't know about you, but I have these amazing moments on a Sunday morning where I feel the presence of God. I'm aware of Him. And I'm like, yes, God, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell everyone about you. I'm going to knock on my neighbour's door and tell them all about you. Um, And then I wake up Monday morning and I'm tired, I'm grumpy, um, definitely not overflowing with the fruits of the Spirit, especially not too much joy on the school run or too much love when someone steals my parking space. Yeah, we've all been there, right? Um, You know, life happens, gets in the way. I lose my focus. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not with me in those moments because he promises to always be with me. But am I aware of him? Am I filled with him? So some tips on how we can go about being filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, we need to be intentional. So Andy Smith from Belfast Vineyard, uh, a few weeks ago, he talked about that. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that. If you didn't, you can catch it, I'm sure, on the website um, or search for it. But it really challenged me. You know, he spoke about how we need to create these patterns and rhythms in our daily routine where we are intentional in inviting the Holy Spirit so that we can continue to keep in step with him and be so full of him that all these fruits and the things we talked about overflow from us. This involves spending time in God's word, worshipping him, praying, and simply just inviting the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. So it got me thinking about maybe when can I make this a habit in my daily routine? So maybe we could do it whilst we're driving. I'm assuming that most of us drive somewhere every day or go for a walk. Maybe you could make that as part of your routine where you you ingrain it into your routine and it becomes um, a pattern where you invite him. Maybe it's every time you make a cup of coffee at work. I quite like that idea because it's like you're filling the cup, but really you're like, come and fill me, Holy Spirit. I don't know if it works. Or maybe girls, whilst you're doing your makeup in the morning on the toilet, cleaning your teeth. I spoke to someone recently, a friend of mine, and she was like, I do my squats while I'm brushing my teeth. I was like, what? She's like, well, I have to brush my teeth twice a day. So now it's become a habit that she does her squats. So she makes sure she does them. So instead of doing your squats, maybe invite the Holy Spirit. Use that time. Come Holy Spirit. Come and feel me. I need you. Let's be intentional in inviting the Holy Spirit every day. Secondly, we need to be aware I love those song lyrics. Let us become more aware of your presence. What a great prayer that is. Because as we've said, the Holy Spirit is always with us. He's always here. But are we always aware of what he's doing? Are we aware of what he's saying? Come Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? What are you saying? Come Lord, help me with this conversation because I don't have a clue what to say here. It's a difficult conversation. Show me what's on your heart for that person. Give me boldness, whatever it is, wherever we are. We can be aware of his presence. And then thirdly, once we've made space for him and we've asked him what he is doing, we need to listen. Sometimes that takes patience, doesn't it? And we have to wait. We have to wait to hear what God says. Waiting is hard sometimes. I'm not great at waiting. Harley, um, our youngest son, so he's uh, 21 months, And he loves just dawdling along, you know, not care in the world, looking at every stick, every insect, every leaf that there is on the floor. And, you know, so many times I'm walking along with my two other children who are a bit older and we're walking along and Harley's back there somewhere. I go, come on, Harley. And he, sometimes he comes, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah, who thinks that as a parent? If I just walk off, he'll follow me. And then it doesn't happen. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's not working here. 
But recently he started shouting out, wait! And he would just shout, wait. So I turn around and say, come on then. And he just grins at me and then carries on what he's doing. Like carries on digging or whatever he's doing or sometimes runs in the opposite direction. But how much am I missing out on because I'm rushing to get to the next place? You know, I know sometimes we have to, we have to get places, but actually what if I took the time to see the world through his eyes and as he shouts, wait, I do just that. Do you think sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit is shouting that at us, encouraging us to wait, to take notice of what he's already doing, to see and to hear the world through his eyes. He's inviting us to join in with what he's doing. We just have to wait a minute. And the world is a noisy place, isn't it? We need to tune in to his voice and to recognise when it's God speaking. You know, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. The more that we're aware of his presence, the more that we spend time with him, practising, listening, the more that we know it's Jesus speaking, we know it's the Holy Spirit. We have to be listening and we have to recognise his voice. And then finally, when we hear him speak or when we see what he's doing, we need to be obedient. We need to act on what he's asking us to do. And I think that's, for me, that's where the boldness comes in. That's where I really need the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember a few years ago, I'm just going to finish with this story. I remember a few years ago, I went into Hatfield, where we live, um, and I decided just to take some time out and just to sit in the coffee shop and um, just invite the Holy Spirit. And I did that and um, just said to God, look, what is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to, you know, is there anyone you want me to go and speak to or pray for or whatever? And I remember sitting, looking out of the window and there were lots of people outside, but there was this one lady sweeping the pavement. She was a road sweeper and my attention was drawn to her. So I asked God, is that who you want me to speak to? He was like, yes, go and tell her that I love her, that I notice her, even when others don't. So I was like, oh, okay, now I've actually got to go because you told me this really specifically, it's for her. So God, please give me boldness. Please let her be really nice, not think that I'm really strange. So I did, I went over to her and just started having a chat with her. Her name was Debbie. And do you know what? She was really appreciative. I told her what God was saying. I started by saying, this might sound really weird, but does anyone else use that line? I find that's quite a good way in. This might sound really weird, but I feel like God is saying this. So anyway, I got to pray with her. And it wasn't like a massive moment where she fell on her knees and she gave her life to Jesus, but it was a moment. It was a moment where God could minister to her, to, could speak to her. And you know, I still see her around sometimes. I drive past her sometimes. I walk past her and I pray for her, not necessarily going up to her, but I just say a prayer because who knows what God is doing in her life. You know, it's not for us to always see the bigger picture, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to move. He does incredible things in us and through us. And the stories, the stories that we will have as a church when we do things like this, is just, just incredible. So we need to be intentional. We need to be aware of his presence. We need to be listening and then we need to be obedient to what he says. So I'm actually gonna stop talking now because I would love it if we could spend some time just inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to give him space to see what he wants to do, what he wants to say. So if you guys could stand for me, please, and if the band could come up, that would be great.
And you know, the first, the very first step, which we talked about, is to receiving the Holy Spirit is inviting Jesus into your life. So I just wanna give you an opportunity now, if you are here or if you are watching online or on catch up and you haven't ever invited Jesus into your hearts, into your life, I wanna give you the chance to do that now. Because when you do that, that's when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. So I'm just gonna pray. And if that's you, if you wanna pray it in your heart or out loud, that's fine. But I'm just gonna lead us in a prayer for that. So Father God, I just wanna say I'm sorry for everything that I have done to miss the mark. Everything that I've done that's not pleasing to you, God. And I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me on the cross so that I can be free and I can have a relationship with you again. And I pray, Jesus, that you would come into my heart now. Would you come into my life? Would you give me the Holy Spirit and help me, bring a, help me live a life that brings glory to your name? Amen. If that's you this morning, if you've prayed that prayer, would you let someone know? Because we wanna encourage you and we wanna pray with you. So if you're online, can you just hit the request prayer button and let someone know or put it in the comments or someone here, if it's you, let someone know at the end of the service because we'd love to pray with you. But there's also sometimes some barriers, some things that get in the way of us being filled with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you can identify yourself with one of these this morning. You know, maybe you're thinking, maybe you've got doubt. Maybe you're thinking, do you know what? If I asked, I probably wouldn't receive it anyway. I don't think I will. It's good to have questions. When you've got that doubt that you're not included, just bring that to Jesus this morning. Because yeah, in Luke, Jesus says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks at the door, the door will be opened. So that includes you. Or maybe you're here and you are quite fearful about the Holy Spirit, about what I've talked about. What's gonna happen to me? Will something terrible happen? How embarrassing that's gonna be. And Jesus says this, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know, He's a good Father. He's a good God. The Holy Spirit is good and all that He has for you is good. Or maybe you feel inadequate. Maybe you've got the feeling of, do you know what, Jenna, you don't know me and what I've done in my life. And you're right, I don't know you, but God does. God knows you, He sees everything and He still loves you. He still loves you. You don't have to be a mature Christian or even a good person. Remember Saul? The Holy Spirit is available to you this morning. And then finally, maybe some of you are thinking, God's bringing to mind some sin, some stuff in your life that actually you know you're doing that's just not pleasing to God. 
And God wants to set you free from that this morning. He doesn't wanna condemn you. He doesn't wanna make you feel bad. Actually, He wants to set you free. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. Remember we talked about that? He's about love, pouring His love into you. So I'm just gonna pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill this place, Lord? Come, Holy Spirit. When, when we receive a gift from somebody in person, we hold out our hands, don't we? We're, we're open, we're accepting the gift. So why don't you just do that now? Just hold your hands out as a, as a sign to God that you're open to receiving from Him. You wanna receive from Him this morning. Come Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit. if you can relate to anything that I've just talked about, doubt or fear or inadequacy or sin, if you just put your hand on your heart, not because anyone's looking, but it's between you and God. If you just put your hand on your heart and just be honest with God now, just be open with Him. Tell Him how it is. Just give that stuff to God and allow Him to fill you with His goodness, with His peace, with His love with His kindness. Come Holy Spirit. 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 Come Lord Jesus. Spirit of God is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This morning, um, just before I came to church, I, was, I had to get something out of this little cupboard in, in my kitchen. And as I opened it, everything fell out. I was like, oh, anyone have one of those cupboards where you just stuff everything in, hope for the best? That happened to me this morning. And I feel like the Lord is saying, do you know what? Don't be afraid of opening up that cupboard, that cupboard where you've stuffed everything that you don't wanna deal with. All of that stuff that you just, no, I'll give you all the good stuff, God, but all of this, I'm gonna just shove in the cupboard. And God's saying, no, come on, let's open the cupboard. Let's do it together. Let's deal with what's going on in there. Because I've got so much more for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if someone's feeling like they've got real bitterness towards somebody, something that's hurt you deep. And I just get the sense that your hands are kind of clenched and you're like, oh, you just can't get over what that person's done. 
and the Lord sees and He hears and He knows. He's saying gently, just re- He's trying to release your hands now to open them. Let go, let go of that bitterness, re- release it to God. Not because your feelings don't count, they do, but He's got so much more for you. He wants to set you free from that. So if that's you, just, just take this time, just give it to God. going to go into a time of worship now, but just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just keep listening to what He's doing, what He's saying. This is your time to just, yeah, spend with Him. Excellent. 